If you love Bioneers Radio, it's free and easy to support us. Just take a moment to post a review on our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find our show online. You'll be helping other people find and enjoy these incredible thinkers and storytellers. And thank you for helping us out. This week on The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. we got to think about what it is that we are doing that is going to sustain our relations to our relatives because that's how we're going to survive on in this next millennium. I'm Neil Harvey. Mending the Earth with Native American leaders is our focus this week on The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. Support for The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is provided in part by Organic Valley Family of Farms and Mary's Gone Crackers. Our father is colonialism and our mother is attempted genocide. Our brother is anger and our sister is pain. But you and I, what will we become? What will be our name? You and I, these children of war with red and white skin, how will we pick up the pieces and begin again? Hello, all my relations. The Bethlehemi in Ashley. Dakota Oyate Bashi Shichi Tom Goto Himakia Pido Dakota Chaje Matro Awayakapi Miedo In our native way, my name is uh, the bears look over me. I have relatives, I have friends who are the, the long claws, the grizzly bear, and they give me a some of an authority to talk about nature. In this epic moment of climate disruption and ecological and social breakdown, the Iroquois leader, Chief Oren Lyons, asks the central question of our time. How do you teach seven billion people to respect their relationship that they have with the earth? Soon, now. Restoring the shredded fabric of those relations has moved from urgency to emergency. Indigenous peoples know, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, we may have all come in different ships, but we're in the same boat now. As the world's old growth cultures, indigenous peoples are rising up worldwide with a clarion call to protect the sacred earth and conserve the living treasure of indigenous earth-honoring wisdom and biocultural diversity. In this program, indigenous leaders Dakota Diné, Tom Goldtooth, Anishinaabe Winona Laduke, Aliut Ilarian Merkuliev, and the White Buffalo Soldiers, Lila June Johnston Diné, and Desiree Harp Mishiwal Wapo Diné, invoke a new paradigm that begins with a change of heart. This is Mending the Earth, one team and everybody wins. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature.
Tom B.K. Goldtooth is executive director of the Indigenous Environmental Network, a global grassroots nonprofit. IEN builds the capacity of indigenous communities and tribal governments to protect sacred sites, land, water, air, natural resources, and the health of people and all living things. Tom Goldtooth is a globally recognized environmental and social justice leader. He spoke at a Bioneers conference. Working for environmental and economic justice is spiritual work that reaffirms our human relationship and responsibility to protect the sacredness of Mother Earth and the recognition of Father Sky. One of the goals of this work is to secure a healthy and safe environment for all people, all future generations, with no disparities in who is more protected. The modern world cannot achieve economic sustainability without environmental justice and without strong environmental ethics that recognizes our human relationship to the sacredness of Mother Earth. The future of mankind depends on a new economic and environmental paradigm. Brother, can you spare a paradigm? And what might that look like? Tom Goldtooth says many of the so-called solutions being put forth to address the climate crisis come from the same paradigm that created the problem. He says carbon trading schemes are one of those problem solutions. These systems tax polluters for their carbon emissions, and the revenue generated is redirected to reforestation and other carbon capture projects. It sounds good in theory, but what about in practice? And who really benefits? Tom Goldtooth. History has seen attempts to commodify land, food, labor, forests, water, genes, and ideas, such as privatization of our traditional knowledge. Carbon trading follows in the footsteps of this history and turns the sacredness of our Mother Earth's carbon cycling capacity into property to be bought or sold in a global market. Through this process of creating a new commodity, carbon, Mother Earth's ability and capacity to support a climate conducive to life and human societies is now passing into the same corporate hands that are destroying the climate. Carbon trading will not contribute to achieving protection of the Earth's climate. It is a false solution. It is a false solution that entrenches and magnifies social inequalities in many ways. It is a violation of the sacred, plain and simple. Goldtooth says a fundamental transformation of our values is called for, an entirely different way of seeing our relationship with nature and each other. Mother Earth is the source of life, which needs to be protected, not a resource to be exploited and commodified as natural capital. Herman Daly the father of ecological economics, I was told, once said, there is something fundamentally wrong in treating the earth as if it were a business in liquidation. 
Long-term solutions require turning away from prevailing paradigms and ideologies centered on pursuing economic growth, corporate profits, and personal wealth accumulation as primary engines of social well-being. The transitions will inevitably be toward societies that can equitably adjust to reduce levels of production and consumption, and increasingly localized systems of economic organization that recognize and honor and are bounded by the limits of nature, that recognize the universal declaration on the rights of Mother Earth. Tom Goldtooth. From some indigenous perspectives, the new paradigm looks a lot like their old paradigm. Winona LaDuke recalls her Anishinaabe people's creation story. Originally living along the northeastern seaboard of Turtle Island, now the United States, a prophecy directed the Anishinaabe to move west to the place where the food grows upon the water. And so the Anishinaabe moved to the Great Lakes region and began their relationship with wild rice. And so we have this food, monomen, which means the, the most wondrous seed, the most wondrous food that is a part of our migration story and is very much a central part of our culture as Anishinaabeg people. We have cared for those rice beds. We have cared for our lakes and rivers for as long as we have been an Anishinaabe king, as long as the Creator has placed us here. And we feel very good about our relationship to our place. Winona LaDuke lives and works on the White Earth Reservation in Minnesota. She's a globally respected leader, author, and founder of White Earth Land Recovery Project and the Indigenous Women's Network. LaDuke contrasts the modern industrial paradigm with her people's traditional ways. We go out on the lake and we put our tobacco out as our offering of thanks for this monoma and this wild rice that grows on our lakes and rivers. And we push our canoes out on the lakes and one person sits in front and pulls these sticks that look kind of like drumsticks, but they're both this long, made of cedar. And the second person, um, that's how we knock rice, and the second person pulls with a long pole through the rice beds. And we go out and we harvest hundreds of pounds of wild rice like that. And then we quit in the afternoon, and we come in and we lay our rice out so that it can dry. And then we parch it over a fire for a couple hours, and uh, we dance on the rice, like the grape thing, you know, to separate the hulls from the, from the rice. Or then now, sometimes we use a little, little thing that's run by a tractor motor because we're intermediate technology people. And then uh, after that, we winnow it with a new scotch and nog in a basket or else a fanning mill. And uh, we always have a big feast and a Thanksgiving. And that is how our wild rice harvest is a very significant part of our culture and our community. And these anthropologists witnessed us. And what they noted is that we quit harvesting partway through the day. And then we danced and celebrated our rice harvest. And they were very upset with this and basically said, we were never going to become fully civilized people because we didn't work the way they wanted us to work. And so it took them about 40 years to figure out how to botch it up. But that's what they did. 
They figured out how to grow rice in rice paddies in northern Minnesota using chemicals and fertilizers and then draining it and harvesting it with a combine and calling that progress. Then in the year 2000, the University of Minnesota cracked the DNA sequence for wild rice. The Anishinaabe now face the added threat of how genetic engineering and genetic contamination could destroy their sacred food and lifeways. How do you explain genetic engineering to an Ojibwe speaker? You let me know. That was my job. You know, I explain this the best I can. And this one man says, one of our chiefs, he says, who said they could do that? Did Gitche Manitou say they could do that? You know, who gave them permission? And that is the ethical question, isn't it? Ethics. Winona LaDuke highlights the clash of values and worldviews, of paradigms, that's raising the stakes on the choices civilization faces today. My father passed away about uh, 15 years ago. But he used to say, and I, I don't know if I ever really got it until about a year ago, he used to say, I don't want to hear your philosophy unless it grows corn. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting thing? And it took me this long to figure out what he was talking about. You know, we are all in the richest and most powerful country of the world, and we were all products and colonized by the petroleum era. We have a lot of things that we think about and do that have nothing related to our sustainability and recovering these relationships with our relatives. And so, you know, you are all a really smart and in touch, decolonizing, I'm praying on that one, a bunch of people out here. And, you know, my dad was right. My dad was right. We gotta think about what it is that we are doing that is gonna sustain our relations to our relatives, whether they have wings or whether they have fins or whether they have roots, because that's how we're gonna make a path that we're gonna survive on in this next millennium. Winona LaDuke. The way we see the world creates the world. If a new way of seeing is needed, what might that look like? Ah. I am Aleut. My people have been out in the Bering Sea for 10,000 plus years. We're still there, uh, which is rare for indigenous peoples. And um, I come from the people of the sea lion. The sea lion are to us like the uh, bowhead whale are to the Inupiat, or the bison are to the plains Indian. Ilarian Merkuliev is an Aleut from Alaska's Bering Sea region, the first native commissioner of the Alaska Department of Commerce and Economic Development. He chaired the indigenous knowledge sessions of the Global Summit of Indigenous Peoples on Climate Change. He was raised in a very traditional way, Starting at age four, he stayed with his grandfather 24-7 for two years. From age five to 13, he was guided by a traditional mentor. During those years, 
The mentor may have said no more than 200 words. This traditional upbringing was very rich, and I learned a lot. I learned how to be present in the moment, how not to think, be in words, how to use the entire intelligence of a human being, the gut feel, the five senses, the intuition, the heart sense, and operate from there. And it's a very powerful place. And most of you probably have never experienced it. And I would like for you to experience it because it is going to be necessary during this time. This society says that the intelligence is, is in the head, but no. The intelligence of the whole human being, the real human being, is the entire makeup of the human being. And it can operate without thought. The Yupik elders, the southern Eskimo in, in Alaska, call this the reverse society or the inside-out society where we reversed all the laws for living. You know, uh, the heart used to tell the mind what to do. Now the mind tells the heart what to do, and we can't tell the difference if it's heart or mind. Ilarion Merkuliev became acutely aware of the power of traditional knowledge and wisdom and how fast they were dying off. What would be the future of his people's long, rich tradition of mask-making? At 16 years old, I was lamenting about we lost our ability to make these fantastic masks. And I decided I would go to the oldest man in the island. He was 88 years old at that time to ask him because his grandfather was the last shaman on St. Paul and with shamans that knew how to make the most powerful mass. And so I went to him and I told him my story about and my lament. And he says, no, it's never been lost. You go out to the beach and you clear your head and center yourself and um, set your intention and wait. Now, that sounds easy. But really, uh, uh, getting out of your head means no thought. So I could do that. I I was able to develop this ability to have no thought when I was six years old. And so no thought, and then center yourself is proverbially meeting in your center of yourself. And setting intention, can you imagine? Setting intention without thought? What is that? It's actually having every cell of your body set that intention. We all have that ability. I'm just a messenger. Um, We have that ability and, you know, don't put me on a pedestal. I'm no different, no more, no less than you are. So what I'm sharing with you, I'm hoping would jar your memory of these things. Well, so I would set my intention, then I sat there for hours, and then pretty soon a small black hole shows up in my mind's eye. And out of that black hole, it got bigger and bigger, and then out of it poured a hundred or so masks, each totally different. And I was amazed. I thought, well, you know, I'm not an artist. And how could this happen? 
So I went back to the old man and I asked him, he said, well, good boy. You touched the center of the universe, the womb at the center of the universe. And uh, this is a place where our people got our information, uh, where we got our original instructions and our natural laws. And uh, this is when I first discovered this thing and why women were always considered sacred. Because inside of women is the identical field that creates and has creativity as this field at the center of the universe. This exists, it's real. And the women, it was the women that would uh, initiate our shamans. And we were egalitarian, but the women had their role, and they were the leaders. So they would guide our shamans and our people on these ways that everybody got. And it was the source of the original language of one, where we could talk with anything in creation. It's very powerful. Alarian Merculiev. Again, Tom Goldtooth. To restore the Earth's balance, we need to shift from a philosophy of dominion over nature, dominion over self, to a relationship and understanding and respect of the natural laws and love for the beauty of the creative female principle and energy of Mother Earth. Earth jurisprudence recognizes the concept that we only have one Mother Earth. We must stand together in solidarity to protect her. Thank you very much. to the earth, braided like harmonies and frequencies of a common song. The ancestors of humanity were once divided, but when I close my eyes, I see us united. Many hands of many colors touching the earth and building a common dream. We are here to invent a new sport where everybody wins and there is only one team. This is the reconciliation of bloodlines, skin tones, and histories. Only by forgiving one another and acknowledging the atrocities, honoring the womb, and living out the prophecies can we begin to heal our relationship with this sacred turtle island. Creator, help us to walk forward in beauty together as one. Creator, may us to walk forward in beauty together as one. Creator, help us to walk forward in beauty together as one. 
Creator, help us to walk forward in beauty together as one. Mitakue Oyasi. Lila June Johnston and Desiree Harp, the White Buffalo Soldiers. They joined Tom Goldtooth, Winona LaDuke, and Alarian Merkuliev, offering a very old paradigm that may just be the new paradigm. Mending the earth, one team and everybody wins. You can see Tom Goldtooth, Larian Merkuliev, and Winona LaDuke's complete talks or explore more Bioneers radio shows and video programming online at Bioneers.org. For information on attending the National Bioneers Conference and Bioneers events in your area, please visit Bioneers.org or call 1-877-BIONEER. The Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Kenny Ausubel. Senior producer, Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ryko Disc label. Additional music was made available by Sounds True at SoundsTrue.com. For more music information, please visit radio.bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in inspiring a shift to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life each other, and future generations. This is program number 0714. This program was made possible in part by Organic Valley, pasture-raised organic dairy products bringing the good from our family to yours. Visit organicvalley.coop. Mary's Gone Crackers, healing the planet through conscious eating, gluten-free and vegan products since 2004. Learn more at marysgonecrackers.com. John Masters Organics. Feel good about looking good. Visit johnmasters.com. Funding also provided by a grant from the Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues, and by the generous support of listeners like you.